0: This is Grind Season. I'm Jason Smith, one of your co-hosts here on Grind Season and co of the Jason John Midday Radio Show here in Memphis, Tennessee on 929 FM ESPN. That's an Odyssey station. This is my man, Anthony Sane, the tribal chief of Twitter. Yes, what sir. Up? The man who's covered the Grizzlies, written about him, passed for him for the last nine years. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sane Asylum. I suggest you do. It is great content. Brother Sane, what's up, my guy?
1: I ain't got no damn radio show. They so fired my ass, but yeah, I'm here. Grind season <laughs> <laughs> <We're> in this <laughs>
0: Hey, in you this official show. on grind season, baby. They they yeah. they, they messed That's up. All they gave, That's all I got, man. I'm just trying they to get Big brothers a podcast. you as official as it get. First things first. Uh, you guys can listen to us, of course, on the Free Odyssey app. Download the app, subscribe, hit that subscribe button for us. Keep keep please. a couple of brothers in business, please, man. It's a uh, surf for grind season, and uh, I set up the show in this episode. Of grind season, saying I believe we made it to episode four.
1: Yeah, we've made uh, it, man.
0: Yep, Grizzlies took care of business versus San Antonio since we last spoke. Although, yeah, took overtime and a couple of big performances from Ja Moran, Desmond Bain, Stephen Adams, Woo. nineteen rebounds in that game. And was just telling us how uh, essential a piece he is to this Grizzlies core. Just got done talking about that on the last podcast. Then you see him go out there with nineteen rebounds. Grizzlies eight and four right now, heading into a big one against me Friday night here, obviously, in Memphis. big a, a big game for many reasons. Obviously, a rematch of last year's first round of the playoffs. But two, because the Grizzlies going to be a, a debuting that city edition. Uni. Ooh, they look good, That's too, good. don't they? They look good, man. Yeah, yeah they do.
1: They remind me. Go ahead. Have you seen some of the other ones around the league? I, I,
0: I've, I've, I've looked at not nearly as closely as the Grizzlies. Yeah, were, and we're I tell right. you what, they say. Uh, they say that when, you know, seeing it, a picture of the Grizzly City uniforms with the, with the diamond, you know, Grizzlies on it looks different than when you're seeing it in person. There's more of a oh, right. shine on it when you actually oh, okay. see it in person. But yeah, we're lovely. all excited about it. Yeah, these have been in the making for some time. And it's obviously a tribute to the city's uh, rap history, the city's musical history, a la what they did with the Isaac Hayes jerseys uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. We'll get into that and why this uh, why this game obviously is a possible step game for the Grizzlies, maybe more so for Minnesota. We'll get into that with saying, get his thoughts as uh, well on that. And then, you know, I think we should get into the And maybe saying predicted it. I think I was on the other side. What's wrong with Minnesota? You know, they, they've dropped five of mm-hmm. six last night. Saying at one point in the loss to Phoenix, they only had four players on the floor. I mean, if, they, if, they, if there was ever a sign of dysfunction, it was certainly on the court last night in the double digit loss to Phoenix. Anthony Edwards didn't look right. Uh, maybe we can figure out what's going on with these Timberwolves, who obviously will be looking to get right in here on Friday night against the Grizzlies. And then finally, excited as to we're going to be grading the Grizzlies rookies so far. You know, yes, it's still early season, but Jake Arabia, David Roddy, uh, Kenny Chandler have all gotten extended minutes this season with the Grizzlies so short-handed. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to uh, what Sane and I both think of, of specifically Laravia and Roddy, we've seen a little bit more of those two guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had to step up in some spots. So that's the show. Uh, Sane is here. I am here. We're here. We're glad you're here. Make sure again you're subscribing to us on the Free Odyssey uh, app. Uh, Sane, I- I'll start the uh, I'll start the segment off with with a question. Is this a statement opportunity come Friday for the Grizzlies against Minnesota? Is it more statement for them? Does it feel like that there will be a buzz in the building uh, when you're taking of everything that's going to be going on Friday night against the team you played in the round of the, of the playoffs last year? what you think?
1: Yeah, man, I think it's a, a really big opportunity, a really good chance to make a statement. Uh, if you look at this trade, going back to the summer, everything that Minnesota did feels like they did it custom, custom made to beat us. You know what I mean? Um, and just being honest with you, if I'm Minnesota, if I'm a fan, if I'm a front office member, if I'm the, you know, if I'm the coaching staff, I would I would ha- I would, would feel like that Memphis Grizzlies series got away from them last year. Or like they had a the chance to beat us last year. Um, I understand wanting to make improve- improvements, but I think that the way that they went about making improvements was not the way to go. I think that trading away – three of your core pieces to your your uh, your team. When I say core, I don't mean like your big three or your big four whatever, but core rotation pieces. You traded away major guys. You got rid of those guys. You bring in a guy like Rudy Gobert, who's a guy who you know you can't play like that in the playoffs. And then you, you've you got Carl Anthony Towns, who has been a center his entire career in the NBA. And I've never seen a team take a center and move him down to the power forward position. I've never even heard of it. You know what I mean? And and we're seeing now that it's not working well. I think if the Grizzlies can, can win this game tomorrow, it'll be a statement game. It'll, it'll you know, help them in their standings, of course, solidify them as being, you know, getting back into that top four possibly in the West. But I think it makes a statement to a team like Minnesota that we did this and we're still not as good as this team uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies. And I'm expecting that to happen tomorrow. I, I think the Grizzlies are going to come out and look very good tomorrow. Do you think this is
0: more an opportunity for – I mean, considering what Minnesota is right now, you know, mm-hmm. you know, five and six lost five of the last six, whatever it is. I, is this more of the statement opportunity, or is it the is it the Pelicans who seem like they m- might actually be a little bit further along uh, mm-hmm. in a game that's also nationally televised on, on Tuesday? Is, is there a is there a difference saying in terms of? Like who you believe in more, and who you it, do you need to make more of a statement more against one more so than the other, or are, are they the same? Is is it is it a hey you know we're here you guys back off type deal for both of them?
1: Oh no, that Pelicans game is much bigger than this game tomorrow. Like mm-hmm. I, I I feel good about tomorrow just because I think we're gonna win it, and I think it'll be good to you know you got the New Jersey's coming out, you know those type of things. Um, I I want to stomp Minnesota just because I want I want I want them to feel like that trade that they did was. For nothing. I want to feel like it was a you know garbage trade, which I always thought it was. And I think coming to Memphis, then you got Anthony Edwards talking like, you know, yeah, I think I think you know that Memphis game is gonna you know boost us up. I think just seeing Memphis on their court is gonna make us play harder. If you still go out there and you stomp them tomorrow, that's that's a statement. But that New Orleans game, yeah man, that's a team who's had your number for the last few years, especially when they're full strength. And that's a team who's always no matter what you do the year before, no matter what they did the year before, all the pundits all the guys who get paid to make predictions they 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 overhype you know New Orleans every season that team's good this year for real in my opinion um so i think if you can that game against New Orleans is even bigger matchup than the one tomorrow
0: that's why i want to make sure context always important i don't want to overhype yeah. a game especially when you've got one a few days later that certainly at this point in the season looks much more important That said, there will be a, a, a clearly an energy in the building Friday night for Minnesota. We we touched on it earlier. You've got these new city mm-hmm. edition uniforms now. Saying you're more of a uniform guy well, than me, but even I can say yeah. this with a you know, yeah. throwback to Memphis's rap history. The these these uniforms have been in the works, you know, for for over a year. Feels like mm-hmm. everybody's been excited. Got that? We got the first look at them, you know, in in, in pictures. And uh, say I don't know about you, man, but they're gonna get all my money Friday night. Trying to get one for my son, gone crazy about (laughs) him, and maybe get a hoodie for myself. These things, it just it takes you back, man, to those to those nineties Mall of Memphis, popping in them three six, you know, the Mystic South cassette tapes, diamonds, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love it. I love that the Grizzlies are embracing that local rap culture. It, it, It was something that I personally would scream from the rooftops to like why don't y'all just embrace memphis rap better because i'm um i ball on the budget um as as you know i definitely won't be buying uh a jersey tomorrow um i I might get a a replica version or or i might go the chinese route i might get one that uh, is not officially licensed by the memphis grizzlies you can't uh, you can't
0: get a jersey, bro? You can't even get a, no, get the man, jersey I mean,
1: version of that thing. I, I, I okay. got a problem right. paying the strength for anything, man. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I me and you we, we ball in different brackets, uh Smith, you know what I mean? So you know, but um uh what was I was about to say. I had a, I had a nice little story I was about to tell, man. You know, I got ADHD, so but yeah, I I won't be buying a jersey tomorrow. Um, uh, but uh I am super excited that they will be available to everyone who wants to get one of those um i think i think they're um i think they're incredible i think it's a very nice look um it, it takes me back to you know like i said those late late 90s early 2000s in the club uh listening to three six mafia and just all that all the memphis rap at that time man uh, i think it's a great look um but i've been i've been screaming from the rooftops for the Grizzlies to do this and as I talked just then, it came back to me. My story came back to me. I bought on the budget, right? So I've been to uh, some of the close teams on the way games. Not on, not, not on anybody's pocket but mine. Um, went to uh, Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks game. Grizzlies played the Hawks. You walk into the arena, you feel Atlanta rap smacking you in the face. You know what I mean? I went to New Orleans uh, to, to watch the Grizzlies play the Pelicans. New Orleans rap music, bounce, all that stuff slammed in your face. You feel like you're at a concert. I, I got on the radio a year or so ago complaining, like, man, when I go to a Grizzlies game, why don't I feel Memphis rap? Like, it's it's a layup. It's right there in front of your face. There, are, Memphis, Memphis rap is huge right now, today, in hip-hop. So much music sounds like old 3-6 Mafia stuff, you know what I mean? Um, and I was like, man, we should, we should see the same thing, and they're doing it. Uh, not just the jerseys but like I said the imagery, the music you hear the DJing, uh, the Memphis so you come in, you you walk into the arena Jukers are right there like Memphis hip hop is prevalent uh, at a Grizzlies game and I think these jerseys are just such a fitting tribute, uh, seems like they're nailing on the head, uh, I'm excited to see those on the court tomorrow for sure I I would not be purchasing one like I said, uh, I'm not a jersey guy Gabe is, I might mess around and get on one but I don't know, I don't, I don't know bro
0: the other city edition unis you've seen, who who's mm-hmm. who's is up there with the grizzlies? Who else is you know man, is sharp uh, one?
1: I think Miami stuff is trash. Um, like they they've done this whole like um uh 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 Framson letter thing they've been doing for a while, but I, I can't mm-hmm. get with that at all. Um who did I see that had a good one, man? Charlotte's is cool. There's a little dirty joke they're saying about Charlotte's Charlotte always come hard with the jerseys, though, too. Um, Golden State is kind of, I don't really know what they're doing. Um, I think Phoenix's is okay. I i haven't seen all of them, but all the ones I've seen, all the ones I've seen have been pretty cool. Yeah, man. Looking at the jerseys, there are a lot of them that I kind of like. Um, a lot of, a lot of teams took some kind of bold stuff. Teams like Chicago and Boston, they don't really change their shit up at all too much. Um, I don't like the Pacers. Houston came back with that, that joint, like the Steve Francis joints. You seen it? Mm -hmm. they came back with the steve francis uh style joints um charlotte they've got a lot of jokes about their jerseys Uh, i'll let y'all look that one up on your own uh i like milwaukee's that's pretty dope dallas is pretty clean um detroit came with a green joint i don't really know the symbolism of that i'm gonna tell you what i'm tired of and now i don't know if uh minnesota's is trash but i'm gonna tell you what i'm tired of though like new orleans shout out to y'all man but like they probably gonna be mad at me for this one, but like everything New Orleans does is like the whole Mardi Gras, French quarters. Like mm-hmm. man, y'all got a lot more. I, mean, I get it, bro, but it's like, come on, man. Like, about tired of looking and all that. But yeah, but it, uh, shout out to everybody's. Washington came with like kind of like a pink red joint, kind of like the Spurs joint is dope. Um, Philadelphia is just trash. Orlando, they don't really good. They don't really do it. Mix it up a lot. The Thunder need to make that their real jersey. I don't know if y'all seen that one, but yeah. Shout out to all the city, the city edition joints dropping. Oh Memphis is gonna
0: look good. Miff's certainly gonna look good uh, on yeah. Friday night against Minnesota. Hopefully they'll play uh, as well as they look. Certainly, yeah. You we touched on it earlier, and of course you're listening list, grind season here uh, with Anthony Sane and your boy Jason Smith. Uh, download us on the get us on the free, free? On that free. Uh, subscribe to grind season. Search for. You can find us easy, uh, and it moves on. Moves us on to topic number two here. Of the podcast touched on it earlier. Minnesota's coming in here struggling, having dropped five of its last six. They're actually five and seven at this point in the season, coming off a 127 loss to Phoenix at home. Wednesday was a game in which Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, both got in early foul trouble saying we're off the floor with three fouls early on, uh, and it allowed Phoenix to run off early. Minnesota never really threatened. There's a couple of things here with Minnesota. Uh, you touched on it, the Gobert trade, and how you know you had your doubts from the get-go. It does feel like they made that move to sort of say, okay, this can get us past the Grizzlies. I don't know, saying it felt like an all-in move for a team that is not ready to go all in. This team no. hadn't learned how to win. We no. saw that no. in last year's playoffs, and you had a guy like Rudy Gobert, who's never been in the playoffs. My question was always, how does he help you But the other question about my Minnesota I got for you saying is we all expected Anthony Edwards the next step, right? Perhaps he even like jump. This Mm -hmm. year, if you look, the numbers are exactly the same last year. It's 21.3 points per game, exactly what it was last year. This year he's only shooting around 44%. But the last three games in particular saying he's really struggled, 16 and 39 from the field, averaging just 15 points. Sounds like he wants to come on here. He'd love to to end this slump uh, against the Grizzlies and do it on Friday night. But saying, I don't, is it a deal where just wait, the jump is coming, or, or is something else going on with Anthony Edwards in terms of his fit with this, with this unit?
1: I'll tell you what it is, man. Like, okay, Anthony Edwards is a third year player. Now, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this I stand for Anthony Edwards like few people in the league. <laughs> like, I love Anthony Edwards. I like Edwards. him too. I do. He's a third year player. I'm gonna tell you what the problem with Minnesota was they traded all that stuff away for Rudy Gobert. They should have made that trade for Donovan Mitchell. Because we've seen in Cleveland that Donovan Mitchell really is a point guard. Like, he never should have been a – he's hes too small to be a shooting guard. He should have been a point guard the entire time. Imagine if you add a experienced player like Donovan Mitchell to that lineup, an actual guy who we see can make decisions well with the ball in his hand, can get assists, can score on the ball. You make him your point guard because the problem with that team was not any of the guys they got rid of. It wasn't the center position. It wasn't rim protecting. None of that. The problem on that team was D'Angelo Russell, who's an idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the problem, man. That is the problem. D'Angelo Russell is not a point guard. He's not a point, good point guard beside uh Anthony Edwards at all. If you want to make a deal, you should have got Russell off your roster and traded whatever trade, whatever draft capital you have to get him off your roster. And you want to do go you to Utah. Go get down Mitchell, but what they did was adding another center, and it's terrible. Like I don't, I, I argue with people, I argue with Peter Emerson about this. I've seen people on Twitter talk about this. I never th- knew how anybody thought this was going to work, and we're seeing that it's, it's it's a failure, man. Like you've got you got two bigs, and one of your bigs is a rim protector who can't get out on the perimeter. Your other big, who's all, who is a center, he's not a power forward, he can't get out on the perimeter as well, and it's just not working. And I hope we kill them guys tomorrow. I'll be there in the building tomorrow. I hope they murder.
0: I'd ask you this same. Who's the leader of that team? Like we know here you with know me? there's a pecking order. You know, John you know Moran.
1: you know what I mean? Who? That's 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 another thing too. When you trade, um you trade uh, what's his name? Shit, man. Um point guard plays with Lakers now. Patty Pat Beverly. When you trade a guy like Patrick, taking Medley, on a vocal dude, leader nearly, role for them, yeah, like he wouldn't, he wouldn't like to lead the team, but he gave him um, an identity, bro. He gave him a culture. He's not Tony Allen, but imagine if the, imagine if the Grizzlies after that two thousand, what was it, two thousand ten run, two thousand eleven run, that first year when we lost to the Thunder, imagine mm-hmm. if we traded Tony Allen after that. You know what I mean? That's, basically, that's almost what they did. That is what they did when you really think about it, man. Because Tony Allen, he was a he was a big deal to us at that point. But I'm sure Patrick Beverly is a huge deal to people in Minnesota as well. That's basically like if we made that run in 2011 where we came up short, we was like, oh, man, we need something else. Let's, let's trade this Tony Allen guy. And, it's, and it was such a horrible decision to me to get rid of some of the guys they got rid of. Look at those guys in Utah, what they're doing, man. They're really helping out their team. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand anything Minnesota does now. Of course, Minnesota might come out and beat us tomorrow, which would just make this whole random on look like a bunch of nonsense. But I, but I'm confident in the big picture that this Minnesota experience is just an experiment. It's just not going to work.
0: Yeah, I think I think you make a great point about about Pat Bev in terms of okay, he's not your your overall leader, but vocally, man, you could see that that for he, he was good attitude. for Anthony. Like yeah. Anthony, I did you know the two of them standing on the the scores table stuff like. Like when you've got a young talent like that, I think about Jay Crowder that first year for ja and how he helped empower him. Right. Mm-hmm. A vet in the locker room that said, OK, there's something here. This guy's special. Let me empower him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me let me give him all the confidence in the world. And I don't know who's doing that for Anthony Edwards in that organization yeah. right now, because Rudy Gobert is not the guy. He's not and the cast, guy to do that. Point.
1: Hands, one fingers, and i like, no, that, like that team, man. I hope, I hope we beat them tomorrow to the point where it just makes them implode. Like, I want to see like some toxic shit tomorrow, man. I want to see that team implode on the FedEx Forum floor. I don't think you understand how much I'm anticipating and hoping that we just demolish them tomorrow. Cause you know we're gonna get, you know we're gonna talk noise to them the entire time, man,
0: for sure. But this could go one. Anthony Edwards could come out and have a big one, break out of the slump, or he could shoot them out of the game. Yeah, we know yeah. with their dysfunction yeah. and everything else. Uh, We've seen first- him
1: be a monster before. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. we sure seen both sides of too much it. Ahead, but I'm out of here now. I'm, I'm in the water now. I might as well just keep paddling away. I'm no out of here. Now.
0: You listen to Grind Season uh, with your boys, Anthony Sane and Jason Smith. Be sure to download the free Odyssey app. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Keep a couple of. Uh, doing this podcast just search for grind season you can find it anywhere that you get your podcast on to our final segment saying um you know talking about these Grizzlies rookies I think going into the season you you knew that with Jaron Jackson down there'd be a chance for some of these guys uh um uh, LaRavia Jake LaRavia David Roddy to get some extended minutes rather than just going straight to the G League and so we've seen you know, at times Jake Laravia coming there have some games, nine rebounds. Seen him knock down the shots. See, I've seen he's mm-hmm. shooting over fifty percent from three. David Roddy, we've had a fairly decent look at. Certainly more for those two than we've seen with Kennedy. In terms of what you've seen so so far, and it's for the mm-hmm. most part, you know, small sample size. What have you thought uh, first off of Jake Laravia?
1: I'm very optimistic about Jake. Um, I said coming into the this summer. When I was on you know my own show or you guys show or podcast and whatever I was doing all I need is one guy from this rookie class to emerge right. to show that he's the guy that can belong in this rotation cuz I th- I thought that guys like uh the combination of John Conchar and uh whatever uh Zaire gives you I felt that that would replace everything that Anthony Melton did and more so I thought that it would exceed what the Anthony Melton gave you and I thought that um if you can just get one of those guys he's a Ravio Roddy to hit is gonna you know replace what Kyle did as well, and we we I, I said this thing I said this, I think if anything else, if nothing else, Jake Laravia can make three point shots. Jake Laravia has shown that not only can he shoot the ball, he might be he might be the second best spot up shooter on his team beside Desmond Bain, but he's also crafty as far as being able to put the ball on the ground a little bit,
0: a little step back and three action yeah. the other night too yeah. from him.
1: Yeah, the decision making, play making, making good passes defense steals and blocks he gets them you know i mean he's not the fastest kid on his feet but he's a very high iq basketball player that's something that you heard about when it comes down to the basketball iq that's something you got to see on the court to really understand it and he does a lot of things right um i'm super excited excited about jake man he um his his jump shot is getting better and better his confidence is getting better and better i told people don't worry about people like man in some league he, he can't make a shot and uh, I was at the uh 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 um the open practice and he couldn't make a shot and all I said, man, it's a difference between playing with Kenny Chandler. We'll talk about Kenny later, no, no taking shots at Kennedy. It's a difference between playing with Kenny Chandler in the summer league and playing with John Morant, one of the better point guards in the league. Yeah, it, when when the when the lights really come on and, and playing with John, like I said, it would has boosted his confidence. And Jake is looking like a hell of a player, man. And I think I think the minutes he's playing now are kind of you know, where he's going to fit in the rotation when things get going for real, when we have, you know, Jaron back and Zaire back. So I think he's still kind of carved those minutes out. I would not be surprised if by season's end, he starts he starts cutting into some of uh, Jitty's minutes, though. Uh, conchar Con- 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 has been great, but Laravia, Laravia is, you know, he's taller. He shoots the ball just as well. They kind of got some of that same craftiness about themselves, especially on their defensive end. Um, but I'm really excited about Jake's promise here with this team.
0: Now I said I couldn't agree with you more on on La Ravia from what we've seen. It's not just a guy that's going out there, can't contribute if he's not knocking down the three. Seeing a guy stick his nose in there, yeah, being man. willing to do the dirty work. And I like I like the little bit of grit with him. You know, he's got the he's got mm-hmm. the tools and the, the 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 skill level, but you also see some grit and some high IQ that you like as well. Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm having a harder time saying figuring out how David Roddy is going to fit in if he's going to fit in? A bit of a of a tweener. What 6'5", five fifty? Is he is he a wing guy? Is he more of an inside guy? What if so far about about Roddy and and I and and, and his rookie? What the what the expectation level should be for him?
1: Yeah, Roddy. Um, I think he's a wing. Uh, there are a lot of people saying they thought he would be like a small ball power forward. I think he's going to be a wing with the Grizzlies. Uh, I was joking with uh, my good friend Parker Fleming uh Grizzly Bear Blues he made a good comparison he said if you look at how they're using Roddy it's like they're all it's like almost like they're using him to be a uh, uh another version of Dylan because they're trying to use him to be like the guy who guards the, the best defender on the other team a point of attack uh defender as well as a guy who kind of you know he comes off the screens kind of using the way they're using Dylan offensively and I call him a domesticated Dylan uh <laughs> probably a much more <laughs> teachable mold moldable, moldable version of Dylan Brooks um, I think this is what they're ultimately trying to do with him to kind of create more Dylan Brooks insurance. I think his biggest struggle is just adjusting to the NBA game and adjusting to his role. Um, that's something that you see like in a guy like like uh, Jonathan Kaminga with go, the Golden State Warriors, who has been an alpha his entire life, has been the best player on the court. Taking those type of guys and asking them to play a role in the NBA, sometimes guys just don't adjust to that. Some guys are not made for microwave minutes. Sometimes some guys have to be in the flow. They've got to get a lot of minutes before they can get going and to be, feel like they're a part of the offense. Case in point, Javon Carter. Javon Carter did not work for us when we tried to bring him off the bench and come in and just play a role real fast. But yeah. now that he's playing in a role that, that you would assume is too big for him with Milwaukee, he's thriving because some guys are just made like that. Roddy, he's still adjusting being that guy who could come in in those spot minutes and contribute because he's used to being this alpha in a small school like Colorado State. But now you see him in the NBA, and he's trying to adjust his game to that. I mean, and that's fine. There's there's no need to rush to David Roddy. We already have, you know, Buck Wild, non-domesticated David Roddy's already on this team in Dylan Brooks. So there's no need to rush him at all. Um, I trust the process with him. He's struggling, and he's had games where you've seen flashes of really greatness from him. But um, I, there's no rush to bring him along, like I said. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be a hell of a player. I think he fits the culture. I think he. I think he likes it here. I think the players like him. Um, it seems like Dylan's kind of taking him under his wing. Uh, so I mean, he'll be fine, man. I mean, he, he, we haven't really seen a lot of him as far as the good. We've seen a lot of oohs and ahs in the bad way about him, but I think he's gonna. He'll work out, man. This time last year, just being honest with you, he looks better to me now than than Zaire looked at this point last year. So we'll see, man. Yeah. Zaire, anyway, he's, he's I mean, back, man. Zaire was looking kind I'm not of, here
0: of here to, to start. It did, yeah, it did, yeah. and then and then we certainly have the Santi example last year. Yeah, oh, yeah. said, well, maybe this is, on
1: the court. Yeah, exactly.
0: So maybe this yeah. is a that that miss for the office, but it but it ended yeah. up not being. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times you gotta let that thing cook. You gotta let that mm-hmm. thing uh bake. And, and David Roddy certainly yeah, going gonna, gonna be a minute. Kenny Chandler, uh, I ask it this way, uh, saying because we know he's behind Ja, You're behind Tyus Jones. You knew that mm-hmm. when the Grizzlies brought you in. Just in terms of. Do you see him in the future, whether it's with the Grizzlies, somebody else, as a backup point guard in this league, a guy can hold down. Do you see him, you know, is the ceiling higher for a Kennedy challenges? What have you thought so far of him and, and what he can be for an organization?
1: Yeah, man. Kennedy will be fine too. I know I'm just giving everybody a huge thumbs up, but uh, just being real, man, he's a, he's a uh, sneaky athletic uh, point guard, probably way more athletic yes. than people probably are aware of. Uh, great on ball defender. I think that he can, you know, pretty much wreak havoc and, and and create guys to have to, you know, change direction and 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 those type of things already in the NBA as a rookie. I think he's a guy who can kind of hold his own a little bit uh, defensively. Um, and, I, and like I said, he's a guy who's got time. Tyus Jones signed a two-year deal. And I think by right. year three, Tyus uh that Kennedy definitely be a guy who's, you know, ready to come in and contribute. Um, again, no rush with him, man. Like, he's – he's – He's an active roster guy, so he gets the ability to not only go to play, you know, in the G League uh, with the Memphis Hustle, but he's actually on the Grizzlies bench as well to see things up close. And I, I'm I'm not sure how they're going with him because he hasn't, you know, hasn't reported to the Hustle yet. Um, but I'm sure that's I, I'm I'm hoping they're going to spend kind of like he's going to have a, like a dual role where he'll do some Hustle games. I don't I don't yeah. want him just to be sitting on the bench. I don't want him just to be sitting around. So hopefully he'll get some run uh, with the hustle but he's a hometown kid. Uh, I sat behind his uh his parents uh, last game I was at. Um uh, yeah man so I'm I'm pulling for Kennedy. I think he'll be fine. Uh, I haven't seen him make a shot yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh he yeah, hadn't um, made a three yet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen him yet I haven't seen him make a three yet is what I mean. Um but I, I know that's in his bag. I know that was part of the reason why he was a heralded player by the Memphis Grizzlies organization because he's one of those guys who can be a playmaker defensively uh his high basketball IQ and he can knock down shots. We haven't seen that yet. It's kind of a mystery why. I mean, because even like in preseason and summer league, he wasn't, you know, shooting the ball well, but uh, I think he'll be fine, man. I think that added pressure playing for your city in your city hurts. And it hurts a lot of guys. And I think he could be struggling with that, but he'll get it together, man. Because did you see the dance video though? Did you see him in uh, kind of leading the Kind of, kind of that campaign role almost.
0: No, yeah. I saw, I saw. You know, we, we were both at that open practice and saw, we saw what he a little bit of what he could do there, but not. Yeah. I hadn't seen that he in that campaign, Oklahoma City role. Yeah, he uh, he was
1: kind of leading. Want to uh, play too
0: much? You don't want to get you don't get pigeonholed yeah. in that role.
1: Yeah, don't get stuck <laughs> to campaign no, don't get a lot like
0: for a Man, it said it said my boy. You talk about a, a, another Memphis guy? <laughs> Campaigned it. said his career back. Felt like it did. Of a yeah, Karen Payne, like. It's, it's like you want to be known level. for more than just the dance guy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it seems like being a top level Memphis Memphis guard man comes with uh you know juking and carrying on man.
0: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And be party repertoire. Part we of the know package. Yeah. <laughs> don't let that be the only thing. You, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, we know. Man. Yeah, I've got the utmost you know confidence in Kennedy as well, and having watched mm-hmm. him grow up you know here in Memphis. And the other thing he's got going for him, saying is that he's got in this corner you know he's got yeah. a great relationship yeah. with john you know the jaws taking him under his wing. uh it, it can future is bright for him it feels like as well whether that's with the grizzlies or or someone else that that's that's the episode To episode four uh make sure you're listening to a free odyssey app we certainly appreciate those of you that have and certainly welcome in we'll welcome in any any new listeners uh hit that subscribe button search for grind season you can find us on that free odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts, Uh, big one, Friday, Minnesota Statement Time, uh, before you'll take on uh, an even more game New Orleans team next week. But for Anthony Sane, I'm Jason Smith. This is grind season. Stay on your grind.